Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Hope you're having a great day so far, or you have had a great day. Uh, this is the next episode of the Curiosity Complex with me, Nat. I'm just on my own today. It's going to be talking about uh, confidence and a bit about sports psychology and my experiences in sport with confidence and the sports psychology side of it. Um, should be quite interesting. And it acts as a really nice kind of little intro piece to the next guest episode, which I'll be up- uploading in the episode after this one. So yeah, uh, we're going to go through a little model that was made about confidence and my experiences with it. And hopefully it should um, it should be fairly interesting to talk about my experiences and hopefully you relate. I'll be talking predominantly about America football. Uh, and that is what the next episode is about. That's what, what my guest is, uh, is talking about at least. So um, let's get straight into it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is this model. Um, it's kind of it's got five different things that people um often often talk about in sports psychology in terms of the different things that lead up to and build up confidence. Um, the names of which I've maybe slightly modified or have been called different things over the over the years this model has been about. Um, obviously, if you want more information, just let me know on the kind of the model, the references, all those sorts of things. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is something called previous mastery experience, vicarious experience, verbal persuasion, physiological and emotional states, imagery experiences. And those are kind of the things um, which I'm going to encompass in the end where I'm going to talk about what to do when you know, the confidence is low or it completely fails you. Because um, I think that's really important. I think that's something that pe- a lot of people struggle with and don't necessarily talk about very often. But obviously I'm using my experiences and I definitely struggle with the confidence side of it in my game. And I know I know plenty of stories when I've had conversation with people that have had a similar thing, um, but it's not like I say it's not it's not mentioned um, openly a lot of the time, so I'm going to try and change that with today's podcast. So before I get into it um, and get into the the depth of the detail of all of this, just want to thank everyone for listening. I've been so so ecstatic over the moon about the reception that me and Nico got for our first guest podcast. It's had um, loads of views and that's amazing. I posted it to loads of different places on uh, the Bangor University Facebook page and their School of Ocean Science Facebook page, which is amazing to reach out to that many people. It's been shared hundreds of times. Well, I say hundreds, it's more like 10, but that's that's amazing in the, in the first place. I was never expecting that kind of thing. Um, and that's fantastic. Um, a big, big thanks to everyone that um, put out Instagram stories about it. You all, If you're listening, you know who you are. Uh, but yeah, I can't I can't thank you enough for that. I really, really appreciate it. So let's do it. Let's get into it. The first thing I'm going to talk about um, is previous mastery experience. The kind of the layman terms of this uh, is basically your previous positive experiences. So for me, um, a lot of a lot of what I had confidence issues with was tackling in American football. Uh, you're taught a certain way to tackle, which is safe and is kind of the, the norm. And I played rugby for um, a few years in my school days. And my kind of my rugby head, my, my rugby brain, I suppose, the technique that I learned there that was drilled into me was coming through more than the American football one. Because obviously I've been doing rugby for longer than I've been doing American football. And I just... I didn't like the way American footballs are taught to tackle. I don't like the way they're taught to tackle. That's obviously my personal opinion. Um, I have I have tackled people that way, um, but because of my size, I think I lend myself more to getting lower um, and trying to take out their legs. And the American football style of tackling involves um, a lot of 
kind of chest and pushing the guy back whereas I think I'm because I'm smaller in stature to most people playing I have to rely on um, the kind of taking out of the legs rather than my physical size overpowering them so yeah um, in terms of previous master experience when it came to tackling in my first year I started as a defensive back which are generally known um, generally not known for being the best tacklers um, the kind of the best tacklers are often at linebacker and I think and safety and those those sorts of positions uh, a, a cornerback's kind of role I'd say it, obviously this is all my opinion I think uh, having played the role for a year having played that that position for a year I think a lot of what I did was more um, making sure the guy with the ball didn't score a touchdown making sure the guy the quarterback who was passing the ball didn't you know wasn't managed to complete his passes and I was less focused on the tackling side of things it was still important of course because if a guy got round to me I was almost the last line of defense um, some of the time uh, and for a long time in my first year I really struggled with tackling uh, I wouldn't say I struggled in terms of being able to do it. I could do it I just didn't didn't think I was very good at it and I was surrounded by people that were were quite good at it and I wanted to be there but obviously like I say the confidence wasn't that high so I think how I built that up in terms of previous mastery experience was taking all of the positives out of every time I tackled someone I remember we had a a running back on the team who uh, used to play for England internationally he's now over in Finland playing um playing football he's being paid for that which is incredible um shout out to isaac i'll be getting him on the show hopefully i haven't actually messaged him yet but um, hopefully i'll get him on the show and he could talk about all of his experiences that'll be amazing if he can um if he's listening get in contact isaac um so yeah let's just go into it so the kind of the confidence side of it i isaac was running with the ball in a training session and um i managed to tackle him uh, I literally I got lucky he ran he ran past me basically if I took him on head on I would have been ruined he he ran past me and I managed to a bit like a rugby tackle from the side through my shoulders and my arms into his knees and I managed to get him down it was a great tackle it was textbook rugby tackle um, but obviously not not quite American football style um, not a big hit at least but that that experience of knowing that you can tackle someone that's been at the height of the the game one of the best running backs definitely the best running back in the league at the time and one of the best running backs probably in the country at the time he was he was amazing he really was I can't understate how amazing he was and it really gave me a lot of confidence that I could tackle him um I think experiences like that you know you need to obviously not everyone has the opportunity to play against someone like that and I was very lucky to do so but I think you need to take the wins where they come. So for someone that's playing and they're maybe struggling with tackling or the idea of tackling, they're not confident on it. Use the previous experiences of getting it right. So obviously the coach, I, I know when I was coaching, I was always trying to encourage people and give them praise when they did a good tackle and use that praise as, OK, yeah, I did a good tackle. There's no reason I can't do that tackle again. There's no reason I can't do this again. There's no reason that I can't keep building that confidence based off what I did before. Um, I hope that makes sense to everyone. And if it doesn't, I'm going to have to post the episode and hope hope it does. But yeah, uh, let's move on to vicarious experience. Um, in terms of vicarious experience, the, the definition of this for people that wouldn't quite understand is, uh, I guess, uh, looking at other people's experiences and seeing those experiences and, and gaining confidence from them. So a few examples that I've got were... We played a game in my, uh, I think it must have been my second year. We played against Leeds Uni. Um, it was, uh, for anyone that, that knows, the Mud Dogs listening, 
there was a horrible game. Um, we we should we we should have won. I think I think we had a chance, but we we struggled. They were they were good players. They were a great team, and unfortunately, we, we lost that game. It's probably one of the hardest games we've ever played. I know um, Hayden, one of my housemates from from this year, broke his arm in that game, which was horrible. Um, so yeah, I think the the biggest thing from Vicarious experience from that game was in the first play of the game, uh, our quarterback threw a massive pass um, to one of our wide receivers who caught it. And then I can't remember if he scored or if he got pulled down, but either way, it was a fantastic completion that got us all the way down the field. And it was just, it was fantastic. And that kind of experience really gives you confidence. I'm sure you can relate to in any setting. If you haven't played American football before, it could be any setting, you know? Um, So, any setting where a player that you know, a friend of yours, makes a great play can really, really boost your confidence. I think you need to be aware of the fact that, you know, hyping someone up actually does things for you as well. So when they come off the pitch, you know, you're, oh my God, that was amazing, that was sick, you know, all these sorts of things really gets you going. Because, you know, you think, well, if I, if they can do that and they, they're, they're pulling it out of the bag right now, so can I. And I think that dragged me out of a couple of holes as well. Um, I often struggle with my mindset, which I'll get onto a bit later. Um, but the kind of seeing someone do a great job really kind of went, really shook, shook the nerves off. You know, they're not nervous, or maybe they were, but they've managed to do this thing. It's fantastic that they've done that. You know, it's amazing play. They've done great. Now I need to go and do that. I need to match them. If they can do it, I can do it. All of these sorts of things in your head that you talk about. Um, so, so for me, in terms of my actual experience, obviously the wide receiver catching the ball, um, and then from the defensive line, um, I was playing in front of, well, behind a really, really great player. Um, shout out to Nick, who's also playing in um, in the pro leagues out in Europe. I think he's in Sweden. Sorry if I got that wrong, Nick. But yeah, he he's out there playing playing ball with some pretty pretty amazing people, um, getting paid for it, which is fantastic. Um, but I remember being being behind him at linebacker, and the way he played, it just gave me so much confidence. You know, I've I've got Nick on my side. All I have to do is secure the edge, which is a, a football term. You know, I have to do my job in the on the pitch, and I can trust that that Nick is gonna is gonna clean up if if anything comes close to him, and and that kind of gives you so much confidence. You know, you see him making a fantastic play, and you just go, "Wow, you know, that was incredible." I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick up my game to match him. I'm gonna have to be competitive with this. I, you know, I'm gonna if he can do that admittedly he is like twice the size of me and significantly more athletic by like by a mile but if he could do that there's no reason I can't do my best and and hopefully you know get up to somewhere near his level but that leads us nicely into the verbal persuasion the next um the next segment of confidence that I think is quite important I often call verbal persuasion self-talk um but obviously there's also outside influences external people that can come in and talk to you and that that revs you up and makes your confidence higher you know the kind of inspirational speeches you can you can watch youtube videos that that really get you going i know they really get me get me hyped up to do to work or play sport or anything like that um, and obviously you've got inspirational coaches when i was a coach this past season i was really trying to be as inspirational as i could when i you know before games talking to them the kind of pre-game talks the pre-game huddles um but yeah the I think the main one I, I want to focus on is self-talk because obviously you don't control what other people talk to you, others, what the other people say to you. Um, but the the big thing that you can control is how you talk to yourself. Um, and I, you probably talked, talked about it 
um, to you talk to yourself quite a bit, but uh, maybe you haven't thought about how you could change that, and I think that's a big thing for people. Um, so I'll give you a good example of that. We played a home game against Liverpool University uh, in my third year, which was probably, I'd, yeah, I'd say it was the best game I've ever played. Um, I had a big, big sack. Uh, it's one of the biggest hits I've ever done. Um, I got a pat down. I made like five tackles. Uh, it was it was a fantastic game. I really, really enjoyed myself and we won by quite a good margin. So it was really fun. Um, but yeah, I think the big I attribute that performance, my performance in that game to self-talk and the way I spoke to myself. Um, this is going to sound pretty cringy. And I think it, it obviously varies massively between people, how you speak to yourself. Um, but at the start of that season, obviously, we'd had training sessions leading up to that game. And in the training sessions, I tried the self-talk. You know, if if we were, if the defence in the training session weren't doing so well, I would be talking to myself. And I, if, I, if I was feeling, I wasn't feeling aggressive enough. I wasn't being um, fast enough. I wasn't, you know, pushing on the guy that I was supposed to be tackling. I wasn't doing the things I was supposed to be doing in the way I was supposed to be doing them. There was no, there was no violence involved. There was none of that, you know. The way I picked myself up was I tried to say, well, you know, be the hammer. I spoke to a guy from America. He was a, he was a coach from America, um, over over email. I think it was um, before that season started. Then he said, "Mindset's the most important thing." Because I said, you know, I was like, I've I've lost my confidence when it comes to being aggressive and tackling people properly, and he was like, "Okay, well then you need to think about your mindset and start getting it into the the thought of like, well, he his suggestion was, you you're the hammer and the player you're tackling is the nail." Uh, so, you know, be the hammer. And if you keep saying that in your head and you, you imagine the tackles and I'll get onto imagery a bit later, but all of these things work in conjunction um, and the verbal persuasion, self-talk part of it, I think is really important. And the way, the way you know, he suggested, say, you know, be the hammer um, and all of these sorts of things. And I, I used that for a while. I didn't, it worked to an extent, but I didn't like, I didn't resonate with, with be the hammer, that phrase. It didn't, light the fire inside me I wasn't like yeah okay I'm gonna absolutely ruin this kid you know I'm gonna gonna just run through him it was more like okay I'm saying this my mindset should be better now and then I did it and it wasn't it wasn't great I think that's really important you need to find the self-talk that works for you it could be a phrase um but it can be it can be more than that it could just be every time you make a mistake instead of cursing at yourself and going oh you're an idiot you're stupid how could you do that you're you suck at this game it's more kind of trying to change those self-talk things into like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. That mistake's gone. It's done. I can't change that. It's got to be better next time. You know, what What do I learn from that sort of thing? So, yeah, again, it's it's a bit cringy, but it's it's really what, what works for you. So for me, at that time, I was really interested in sharks. I still am. Uh, but it was I was quite I was quite obsessed with them to a point I was like you know sharks are really cool I'd just come back from South Africa uh, on a on a volunteering trip where I'd been cage diving uh, with some great whites it was it was incredible experience and it really got me going in terms of sharks and I was following loads of Instagram accounts about sharks so um, before the Liverpool game in the changing room in before the game started and then in the game all I was thinking and all I was focusing on is, you know, I'm, I'm a shark, right? And these these Liverpool kids running around this field, they're gonna get absolutely destroyed. Like, 
imagine imagine a great white coming from the depths and absolutely railing a seal that is that is what's going to happen here and that is what happened um which is i think it's amazing how much you open up on podcasts and i wouldn't normally tell people face to face that that was my my kind of my self talk my phrase um but i think people people who are listening to the podcast the feedback that i've received are telling me that it's you know it's it's nice to to hear the kind of personable side of it um so like i say these are my personal experiences if you don't have any interest in sharks then maybe thinking that you're a shark isn't the best option when it comes to trying to get hyped up for a game or anything like that um but it worked it worked for me that was the main thing you know it, it worked for me and i i imagined before before probably the biggest sack of my life uh, a sack for all those that are listening that don't know is when um a player tackles the quarterback when he's got the ball um and I, I literally i was running up to this guy and i could see that liverpool had messed up their blocking assignments uh, and i was left totally free uh some guy he, he he came towards me but i literally just put an arm out and shrugged him off because he was he was not trying hard enough and their QB was was looking the other way, and he turned round, and at that moment I was like, I'm absolutely like, there's no way you're not gonna get absolutely killed from this. And it was it was the whole shark thing. It really just everything clicked. I was like, there's no other way this is going other than you know you know those famous photos of sharks coming out of the water and attacking seals and jumping in the air and stuff. I I left the ground. The guy left the ground. We went flying. Um, I I. I don't like injuring people. It's not part of. I don't enjoy that part of the game. It's a, it's a violent game, and as you'll as we talk about in the next episode with my guest, um, the pads and the helmets are more weapons than protection, and it it can it can cause some bad injuries. And unfortunately, I think that quarterback after that hit had to go off. Um, but but like I say, it's that's kind of that's the game we play and that self-talk and that's just an example of how well that self-talk worked for me um it was the biggest hit in my life and i still can't believe to this day that it actually happened i think it's really it's really a big testament to the fact that self-talk can do absolute wonders um wonders for your performance and your um your overall confidence uh so moving on with the next one we've got is physiological and emotional states um this kind of is pretty self explanatory it's it's how you physically feel and how you kind of emotionally mentally is probably a better word um what kind of mindset what kind of mental state you're in before the game or during the game so the kind of we do a pre game warm up a pre game hype up and then is the game so these are all really important i think for the the physiological and emotional states part of confidence i think you gain confidence when you feel ready i'm sure people can agree with that statement you know when your body feels ready you know if you've just woken up and you have to go straight onto a field and play a sport you're probably going to be feeling pretty pretty bad you can be like you know what i'm not up for this i'm not feeling confident that i can do a do a good performance here but if you wake up in the morning you have a good breakfast you've got a good night's sleep on your back you know you do you do everything you need to you're drinking a lot of water you feel good you like your little niggles in your your foot your shoulder your knee whatever is you know it's not causing that much bother you feel all right that's going to bring you confidence within within the game that you're going to perform well and i think the warm-up's really important for that you know if you're if you're warming up and you tweak your ankle when you're doing the sprints then 
you're probably not going to be that confident that you can you can hold up in a game situation because you will be going 100% and so will the other player. And then in terms of the emotional state, you know, we we do a, a pre-game hype up, which is where we get in a big in a big huddle um, and we all kind of jump around and shout at each other and it gets gets pretty intense in there. And that always works to get me fired up. And I think that's obviously the reason why we do it in the Mud Dogs, because, you know, it, it's a it's a really good way to get everyone fired up. And that kind of emotional state is really important. Um, I think to to get you pushing on to being the best you can be to give you the confidence. Um, I'll give you a good example of my personal experience on uh, in American football. You have kickoffs um, and kick returns, which is where obviously at the start of the game, a bit like ev- like every sport, you know, you have a kickoff, and uh, it's a bit like rugby league um, and rugby union. We kick the ball away to the other team, and then we run down and try and tackle the guy with the ball. Uh, so we so we were doing that and it was a kickoff um, and our kicker has has launched this ball into the air. It was a great kick and um, I was next to a good friend of mine uh, on the on the kickoff line and as we were going down, I got myself into this this emotional state. It was after this big hype up that we do this big huddle, and I'd, we'd gone we'd gone straight from this hype up. Uh, we'd done like a, a referee, uh, which side do you want to kick? The captains come out. But during that whole time, you know, I was just focusing on keeping that, keeping that, that fire in me that had got me going. We got straight onto the pitch after that. And I ran down and uh, I don't actually remember doing this. Um, and that's what I found. That's what, why this story sticks in my head so well. Because I don't, I do not remember doing this. And my friend who was next to me in the line told me that I'd done this and I had no idea. So I um I ran down the pitch and I came up against one of the opposite team trying to block me so that I couldn't get to their ball carrier. Um, and it's called a pancake when you uh, hit a guy and he falls over. So I, I ran at this guy full tilt. I was 100%. I ran at him and I knocked him over. Um, he went flying and I kind of just jumped over him and carried on going um but the ball had gone the other side so I didn't make the tackle unfortunately but apparently when I came off the pitch my mate was like oi Nat did you do you like that was that was her, like what what happened there and I was like what do you mean what happened I just I just decked the kid and he was like no no like you you growled like you you growled and then told him to f off and I was like what um I'm, I'm resisting the urge to swear on this because I know people that that are listening to this and you know they wouldn't want to hear me swear, so I'm not going to swear. But I told I told the guy to to do one, and I, apparently I growled at him, and I don't remember doing that. I was kind of in a bit of a haze. I just got myself all worked up and headbutted someone. It was amazing um, to hear that 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 had happened, and it was even weirder to know that you can kind of get yourself into that state and barely even remember that you got you got that aggressive, you got that kind of that that in in yourself. I didn't ever think I'd have that in myself, but apparently I do and, and it's amazing it's amazing testament to the the physical and emotional state that you can get yourself in and the rest of that game was great for me because I was in this mindset you know I'd been like well if I can do that and if I can do if I get myself into that state I can do it again and American football's especially difficult I think it's one of those sports where you have to get yourself into an emotional emotional state um and when I say emotional I don't mean everyone's crying on the side of the pitch I mean like everyone's angry um feeling like they're gonna they're going to do some damage to someone else and that kind of that kind of mindset i think um it's really important to to know that you can do that and it really does really really does give you some confidence to go out there and perform properly uh the next one i want to talk about and the last kind of 
aspect that all links into all the other aspects, but it's just especially important, I think, is imagery experiences. Imagery is something that, um, for, for the people that don't quite follow, imagery is what you do when you imagine things. You know, you, you image certain things, so a scenario in your head. Um, I'm sure we've all had experiences of that. But we just make it a specific to the sport that we're playing. So in the bus journey, um, for me personally, the bus journey was quite important for my imaging, uh, my imagery experiences. I It gives you confidence to know. It's, it kind of links to the previous mastery experience quite nicely. If you think about those previous experiences that went well for you and you imagine how they how they felt, how they looked from your perspective, how they looked from a, a third party perspective, how it felt, you know, how it um, what sounds you heard, try and put yourself in that moment. That's a really effective way to build your confidence because, you know, if you can do that in a previous setting, there's no reason you can't do that again in the current, you know, the game or the sport that you're going to play next. I think that was really important for me in the bus journey. I used to remember previous training sessions and previous matches where I'd done really well. And it also helps to image general things. So general parts of the game, I think a lot of what uh, my position was linebacker predominantly. And I played um, I played for three years, technically four, but I wasn't playing for my fourth because of injuries. Um, but the the three years I was playing, imagery was a big part. Part of the skills for linebackers is uh, block shedding. So someone on the opposite team will come out to block you and you've got to shed that block, get off that block to to make sure you make a tackle or stop the ball carrier from going your way sort of thing. And that's a really important part of the game. American football is often called a game of inches, and that's so true. You know, one yard can be the difference between winning and losing, and that is no exaggeration. One yard is quite literally often the the winning and losing mark for a game. Um, So when I was on the bus, you know, I'd imagine the block shedding technique that I'd be doing. And when you come into a game, it it helped me. Maybe it wouldn't help others. I don't know. It's something for you to try. Um, But it definitely helped me in terms of, if you imagine what that that experience once you get into the game often the it becomes second nature to you it, it flicks something in your head and you're like yeah i've done this before and you just it becomes second nature and you automatically move your arms in a way that gets you off the block and you're done and you're there and you've done your job and everything's fine um i think it's really important if you haven't tried that to definitely give it a go if you're struggling with things like block shedding or tackling to, it will give you a lot of a world of confidence it did for me anyway Another thing that American football's um pretty big on is watching film. Uh, and not I don't mean you know, watching the latest Spider Man. I mean like watching game film. So we record our games and our training sessions sometimes. And if you rewatch those, you can look at. It's it's difficult to look at the positive sometimes. If if there's quite a bit of negative, or you personally feel like you struggled in that game, you're gonna want to focus on the negatives. And I will touch on the negatives in a in a second, and we talk about what to do when the confidence fails. But for now, I think the game film uh, was a big part of the imagery as well, because obviously you see yourself doing it uh, from a from a third party perspective, and you can, if you imagine that every time you get on the bus for a few a few minutes, however long you need then that's really going to build your confidence because you know well these guys that was a big dude I was against and I tackled him it was fine I looked it looked great I am really confident that I can tackle someone if they have a massive running back which um, we did one year for Keel I managed to tackle him solo again a bit like um, a bit like a rugby tackle I just grabbed his knees put my shoulder into him but it was it was a great tackle I did it solo and 
that was a big achievement for me because the guy was massive and I was not expecting for him to come around my, my corner and I wasn't expecting him to, to fall over like he did. Um, but he did, you know, and that really helped me when I looked over all of the film, when I looked at that tackle, it gave me a lot of confidence that, you know, we can, we can come up against the biggest of guys in our league and we'll still get them down. It'll be fine. You know, it gives you that, that underlying confidence that everything's going to be going to go smoothly if you just do your job. I think that's that also works well with vicarious experience that I mentioned earlier, the kind of looking at other people's performances and gaining confidence from their performances. Uh, game films are great ways to do that as well. Again, you can often focus on negatives and it's important to learn where you went wrong and what you can improve. But at the same time, getting caught up in that probably isn't the best idea because at the end of the day, it's going to ruin your confidence if you don't bring yourself back up with looking at imagining things, looking at things that do build your confidence other players your previous experience all of that um so as as you can tell all of these things all of these kind of aspects of confidence are pretty integrally linked which i think is a nice thing because if you do one you almost certainly have the opportunity to do another so if you're watching game film not only are you getting imagery experiences for yourself and previous mastery experiences for yourself you're also getting that vicarious experience and you can use it to to guide your self-talk as well so if you have a player if you watch the nfl at all um, and you have a player that you really want to emulate um, a current player that's quite quite big on the scene is uh, jj watt and there's a few clips on him of youtube um, a few clips on youtube of him <laughs> uh, he was doing some fantastic um, tackling in training drills and really making differences in in the plays and those sorts of things. If you look at him and you go, okay, I'm gonna be gonna be like JJ Watt tonight. I'm gonna really dominate these linemen and I'm gonna go for it and make some big tackles. That can really help you. Um, and it in that self talk and that belief that you're you're emulating this person, you you can do what he can do. That's a massive a massive driver for how confident and how well you're gonna perform. So. Obviously, the point of this podcast was to talk about confidence, but I can't skip over the fact that confidence will often fail in situations where it could be outside external situations, exam stress, general general job stress, life stress can often affect your emotional state um, and it can put a kind of a negative spin on a lot of things that you do. I think it's really important for me to talk about when that confidence fails and what you need to be doing um just for those that are listening that have gone well that's all well and good but how do i actually practically you know put this into use so um i'll go down the list in terms of the previous mastery experience in my personal um experience was that i'd often forget about the positive things that i did and only think about the negative ones so when i looked back on a training session i'd go oh god i was so bad in that training session because you know I missed this tackle or I didn't get off this block quick enough so they made loads of yards or you know I didn't get um the I didn't contain my edge well enough all of these sorts of things and this kind of it can put you into a negative negative mindset when it comes to your previous experiences because all you can think about is the fact that oh well the last time I came up against this guy he blocked me out totally and I was a I was a mess I couldn't handle him so I think it's really important in those in those negative situations to to acknowledge them you know they they happened you can't forget that and maybe the game film won't let you forget that but it's what you do after that it's kind of the short-term memory of okay i did that here's how i improve it here's how i get better 
maybe it's it could be something as simple as just get into the gym or do more gym work um it could be as you know do a little bit extra on the side working with someone on your block shedding technique with your arms um, or trying to find a way to get more aggressive mentally things like that um so that's kind of my first thing is the negative things that you'll often find yourself focusing on need to have a short-term fuse so once that fuse is gone you forget about them you move on and you only focus on the positive things because there are definitely always positive things when it, whether it's a training session or a game you would have always done something positive whether it's a good block shed you could literally get one decent block shed in a whole training session two hours of training and you have an absolute nightmare you don't do anything good for that whole two hours except for one really great block shed that then turn the running back the other way that is absolutely perfect and that's the sort of thing you need to focus on even if everything else was horrible in that training session as long as you have a short-term memory you you acknowledge it think about how you're going to improve it and then forget about it and only focus on the positives and, and work on actually genuinely work on what you said you were going to improve then your confidence is going to start to rebuild slowly i think it's worth pointing out at this point that confidence is often lost very quickly and gained quite slowly because um, even if you do have a big moment like the me tackling uh our running back isaac that story earlier that was a big moment for me and that really really boosted my confidence but at the same time, you always have that underlying doubt in your head because of how how negative our brains can often turn um, our thoughts. Uh, so the kind of the vicarious the vicarious experiences moving on to that in terms of what you can improve, I think it's a case of genuinely looking out for other people doing a good job and then focusing on that and going, well, you know, if this person can do that, then I can do this, um, and then making an effort to genuinely encourage them to to keep going and praise them for that because i think that's really important a, a team that praises each other's members because of how well they're doing is going to do a better job than a team that's constantly bringing each other down like oh you should have blocked that person better you should have made a tackle there why don't you do this why don't you do that you know so the next one um verbal persuasion self-talk i think it's all about the kind of positive self-talk i mentioned this earlier the best the best way to, to deal with it is to acknowledge what you're saying and think about you know the ways that you can change it into a more positive spin so if you do say i missed that tackle i'm rubbish you need to change that into i missed that tackle what did i do wrong okay i need to get off the block faster therefore i need to get into the gym or i need to work on my block shedding or i need to be more aggressive any of those things there's a number of different things that would affect it um so again linking into that is the kind of positive imagery that you use i think like i've said with the previous master experience they just need to be especially with imagery it needs to be positive if you have a negative imagery it's going to start to eat away at your confidence and like i say it's it it takes a while to build up properly so that's that's only going to hinder you in the, in the long run so i think do your best to cut out the negative images you have of, of when you did some, a certain thing and only focus on the positive ones that you did um, and look for the positives and everything i think that's a that's a good rule in general when it comes to gaining confidence and improving your performance i think it's a case of pushing yourself to the point where the only thing you think about is the positive imagery and therefore it's gonna it's gonna pay off and then I think lastly, the kind of physiological and emotional states side of things is, a, again, a bit of a long game. You need to work out, like I said, with the, the self-talk, you need to work out a phrase or something that works for you, that gets you going. Uh, you often can't steal someone else's because 
it's not personal and you don't believe in it. If you believe in what you're saying, I I can almost guarantee that you will see a difference in the way you play. I think that's the benefit of training sessions. Training sessions are there to improve, for you to improve. And I think if you don't use that, then then you're just being a bit silly. And I think it's especially important in a training session, you can manipulate how you feel as the bottom line. So in a training session, you can come to that training session with a, a mindset of, oh, I didn't get a good sleep last night and I haven't eaten today. Like I've eaten one bowl of cereal this morning and that's it. The rest of the time I've been in lectures doing work or whatever. I'm not feeling good for this session and I'm just going to take it easy and I can almost, again, guarantee that that session will be horrible. You will get dominated by your opposing players and you won't you won't enjoy yourself. But if you go into that and try and work out the different ways that you can psych yourself up mentally and try different warm-up techniques. So if everyone does, I know for the Mud Dogs we do um, a series of stretches, a jog, a series of stretches and then some sprints. If, you know, before um, a game setting called a scrimmage starts... If you need to do more sprints to get yourself really, really get your heart rate going, get you feel like your your blood's pumping and you're going for it, then by all means, you know, you have you have the, the ability to do that. And if you don't, you know, if you don't utilize that time, then that is up to you. But in terms of trying to work out the best emotional state that you need to be in and the best kind of physical state that you need to be in, that's not just going to happen with a click of the fingers. That's going to be something that you have to work on in various training sessions and then try and even when you found that thing that really works for you. So I found, you know, talking about and thinking about being being a shark on the pitch, that kind of imagery and that kind of self-talk is, is so important that it needs to be worked on. So even when you found that phrase, that needs to be perfected so that you can reliably do it in a game situation, even when you're feeling, you know, anxious, nervous, whatever, so you can rely on that to pull you through um, and, you know, get on with the game and perform well and have confidence in what you're doing. So that's that's the conclusion of this little this little chat. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you potentially learn from learn from it as well. Obviously, I'm aware it's very skewed towards American football, but that's because, you know, that's my experience. That's pretty much the only sport I played in university. Um, I don't regret that for a second. And I think... I I do I kind of I feel bad for those that haven't played American football and that are listening, but at the same time, a lot of what I'm saying can be um, easily adapted to a different sport. Um, no matter what the sport, I think it's. And if you do have any questions on that, uh, feel free to message me. I'm you know I'm always going to be available to chat about something like this. Um, if you do need to chat, you know, if, I think it, it'd be difficult to for me to to come into this and say, uh, oh yeah, every sport can be related to this to my experiences and I think I think most sports can but if you're struggling with with that uh maybe you have a particularly niche sport maybe you're uh, an equestrian maybe you you ride horses and you can't really work out how you know talking to yourself as if you're a shark is going to help you you know do do a better dressage performance I don't know I'm just you know I'm spitballing here but if if you do have something like that then feel free to get in contact with me um but yeah, okay. I'm gonna wrap this up. I hope everyone, I hope everyone really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Really, really excited to announce that the next episode I post after this one will be another guest episode um, with the head coach of the Bangor Mud Dogs and a good friend of mine. So 
get yourself on that that'll be posted all over the social media sites um should be a really great one i had a good good fun doing it and it's a great chat so definitely get on that in the meantime to currently what is about an audience size of 50 people um thank you so much all of you for listening um especially if you're from malaysia or finland or switzerland that's still just an incredible incredible thing to me um i'm going to just keep trying to grow this podcast um and we kind of we can go from there so yeah thanks everyone and i hope you have a great day and succeed at whatever you're doing yeah see you later